The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, I have come to set the earth on fire, and how I wish it were already blazing. There is a baptism with which I must be baptized, and how great is my anguish until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to establish peace on the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, a household of five will be divided, three against two and two against three. A father will be divided against his son and a son against his father, a mother against her daughter and a daughter against her mother, a mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. The Gospel of the Lord. As I was introduced, my name is Simon from the Augustinians of the Assumption, and I came with one of my brothers, and I see some of the people I know in this shrine seated right here. And I come from Kenya, so my accent is imported from Kenya. If you don't get everything I will say, don't worry, I will not say anything bad. But you might get like 50 or 60 percent. The reading of today is about two events that took place in Jerusalem in the year 587 BC. The city was besieged by the army of Nebuchadnezzar, who was the powerful king of Babylon. The situation was desperate, the people were dying of hunger, but the military chiefs wanted to resist at all costs, and Zedekiah, who was the king, didn't have the courage to oppose his army generals. Jeremiah declined to take the the uneasy or the easy way of telling the authorities what they wanted to hear. He insisted on telling them the bad news, that is the unwelcome truth which came from God. He said clearly that continuing the war was simply useless and the only honorable solution was to surrender. The army officials were unhappy with what Jeremiah said and they sought the permission of the king to put him to death. The prophet seems defeated and he feels abandoned by all, friends, relatives, and even God, who had promised to protect him. Like Joseph the patriarch, Jeremiah was drawn into a pit to die. He was to die without shedding blood. Again, like Joseph, he was saved by a foreigner. A courageous and honest man stood up for Jeremiah. His name was Abed-Melech from Ethiopia. Ethiopia is a neighbor to Kenya, so um, it's to the north of my country. And Abed um, helped to save Jeremiah. 
and he could not keep silent at the sight of injustice. He told the king, these men have done a wicked thing. The king listened and ordered that the prophet be put out of the storage well. That's where he was thrown. When you decide to stand for the truth and justice, you must be ready for the consequences. There could be contempt, calumny, threats, or even death. You have to make a choice, either to stand firm for the truth or to be compromised. Forty years after the death of Jesus Christ, Jerusalem, with its beautiful temple, were destroyed. Many Jews ran away and dispersed all over the world. Far from their country, some of them became Christians, but nonetheless, they were discouraged. They asked, why have our people been struck by so many calamities? Why so many failures? So the letter to the Hebrews is directed to these people in difficulties. Some were seriously thinking of abandoning their faith. The difficulties uh, which were there were really too much for them. And they had begun after their conversion. They were attacked, deprived of their goods, and even imprisoned. So the author of the letter to the Hebrews tries to encourage these people urging them not to lose heart, not to give up. They have to persevere in running the race. This is a good chance for them to show Christ all their love and faithfulness. The reading compares the condition of these first Christians who are in difficulties to a race in an arena. They are like athletes that must prove their strength and ability in front of some exceptional spectators like Abraham and the prophets. The goal is Christ himself. The disciples have to run their race like the master and their reward is in the Father's hand. We cannot run fast and move easily if we are loaded with burdens. If a Christian does not rid himself of sin, his race will be painful. It will be a painful sight to watch. When we find ourselves in situations similar to that of the Jews, what do we do? Do we resort to violence, insults, revenge, hatred, grudges, and so forth? We shall be victorious only when we shall be able to behave like Jesus Christ, our Master. He did not respond to evil with evil. He wants his disciples to do likewise. After the flood in Genesis chapter 9, God swore that he would never destroy the world with flood. The Jews began to think that God would destroy the world and iniquity with fire. John the Baptist thought that God would intervene with fire. And when announcing the coming of the Messiah, he said, He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The chaff he will burn in the fire that, he will, never, that will never go out. What kind of fire is he talking about? In many places, at the end of a dry season, people start bushfires 
to burn weeds and thorny bushes. These fires destroy almost everything except the tall and strong trees. But when the rain comes, the whole area is filled up with, the, with life again. Green leaves, wild fruits, dead and grass, and so forth. Since the world seemed to be full of injustice, violence, and tyranny, people at the time of Jesus thought that it was necessary to have a purifying fire to clear the world of all evil, to destroy the old world, and to prepare the birth of a new one. So some prophets had announced the coming of this fire, not a fire that wipes away sinners, but one that destroys evil. The fire announced by the prophets and brought by Jesus Christ only purifies and saves. It is the fire of his word. It is the message of salvation. It is actually his spirit, the spirit that on Pentecost Day came to the disciples in the form of flames and began to propagate into the whole world like a bushfire. Would this irresistible fire be able to penetrate the human heart and purify it of all traces of sin and to renew it so that it can love and perform good deeds? What is the mission of our communities? It is the mission of carrying out or um, carrying on the task of the bushfire of Christ so that it can penetrate in every person, in every family, and every situation. Jesus said that he came not to bring peace but division. These words sound very surprising. The prophets always said that the Messiah will be a prince of peace, that his peace will have no end. He would announce peace to all the peoples of the earth. And how then can we explain the divisions that Jesus is talking about? Imagine a man who has built his house in the middle of an area where there are bushfires. He will not be happy with anybody who starts a bushfire. Those who want the bushfire will not be happy with him. This is what happens also with the message of Jesus. It is a fire that is bound to cause problems that shakes up the life of many people. All evildoers will be disturbed by the gospel. So not every kind of unity is good and to be fostered. A group of thieves, for example, is united but for the wrong reasons. It is better that this kind of unity and collaboration be broken up immediately. So, without violence, offensive language, or arrogance, we have to be ready to raise new and courageous proposals, the gospel values, even when they cause divisions in the world. We have to seek unity, starting from the word of God. We should avoid false peace, founded on lies, and on injustice. We should be able to recognize evil and denounce it promptly. And this requires courage and a well-formed and informed conscience. Let me stop there. Normally we give long homilies, but I stop there. Let me say something about the Assumptionists. The congregation known as the Augustinians of the Assumption 
otherwise known as the Assumptionists, was founded in France in 1850 by Venerable Emmanuel Dazon, a Frenchman. According to him, the Assumptionists are to work for the coming of the kingdom of God in human hearts, in the society, and in the world, and also to give a doctrinal, ecumenical, and social dimension to all their works. In 1895, the Augustinians of the Assumption, who are the sponsors of Assumption College in Worcester, established their first community in the United States. Centered on Jesus Christ and responsive to the needs of the time, the Assumptionists are men of prayer and study living in fraternal communities. They commit themselves to collaborative leadership and formation in the church teaching, preaching, and fostering education in all its forms. According to our founder, education is the formation of Jesus Christ in souls, and teaching is the illumination of souls with the splendor of Jesus Christ. Impelled by the spirit of the founder, we go wherever God is threatened in man, and man threatened as the image of God. Our very reason of being as assumptionists is to be found in our motto, Thy Kingdom Come. That's our motto. The spirit of assumption may be summarized in very few words. The love of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and the love of the Church. The North American province of the assumptionists was erected in 1946, and vocations continued to grow, but for the last several years, Vocations have been on the decline, and majority of the religious are elderly. The province helped to open missions in East Africa, in Kenya, Tanzania, and Uganda, and also in the Philippines. Apart from opening these missions, the North American province of the Assumptions has continued to support the formation of young religious and education in East Africa. Right now, we have new schools in Kenya and in the Congo. So by supporting the mission of the Assumptionists, you'll be supporting their mission in those countries, in Kenya, Tanzania, Uganda, in the Congo, in the Philippines, and also in Mexico. So I invite you to support the mission, and God bless you.